Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we revisit all those amazing reality shows that were only given one season. I'm your host, Frank Pezenite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us as we delve into episode two of NYC Prep. Yep. Um, And today's episode is called Flip of the Hair. Oh yeah. Why was it called that? I don't know. That's I was a really w- good question. <laughs> I was wondering that the whole episode. A Sebastian, I'm assuming. I mean. Because it was a very Sebastian-centric episode. He should just change his first name to Flip of the Hair. Ay vey. Um, okay, well, let's get down to business. Let's do um, it. Let's do a little Twitter. Um, Reply Reality tweeted us on January 10th and said, hashtag NYC prep on one hit pod. It's like they read my mind, so on brand. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> um, and then they also said, one hit pod may be pretty wild next, which I am totally for. Yeah, you've also never seen Gallery Girls, but it might be too close to NYC prep. Um, I, I think pretty wild would be nice in between. Plus, who was I just, was it, who, what podcast was just talking about Alexis Nyers? I don't know. Was it SUP? I don't think so. Or someone was just talking about Alexis Nyers, and apparently she's totally turned her life around, and was like... She's, like, married and has a baby. No, but I mean, like, drives around and, like, finds addicts on the street and, like, helps them. Like, so, I think Mm -hmm. that would be a really good one. So thanks, Reply Reality. I think that we will definitely, like, add that to the list. I mean, I think that'd be a good next one. And I honestly don't know if I watched the whole thing. Like, I think I've seen clips, but I don't know if I've ever actually watched I the whole I thing. I think I did. My, I remember my takeaway being that the mother actually, like, frightened me the most. Yeah. Young teenagers who do, or young 20-somethings who do stupid things, that's not surprising. But the mother, like, I remember her, like, giving out the morning Adderall and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I can't watch yeah. this. I'm very into it. Um, and then Chris M., Massey one um wrote us and said, replying to one hip pod, I can always t- already tell this is going to be good. As always, I too share your s- disdain of Sebastian with three vomiting emojis, which <laughs> yeah. yes, you are right. He's the worst. Yeah. Um, Heather wrote to us and said, watching the episode and listening tonight. And then she said, I hate all of these children, yet I love this show. Wow, a networking 17-year-old. That's something I've never seen before. Seriously? If this douche-faced Sebastian flips his hair one more time during this scene, I'm going to kick a hole through my TV. Yes. 100%. (laughs) Um, And then Heather also wrote, Caleficent, question mark, Kellington, question mark, dying, LOL. (laughs) Um, Let's see. And then she also said, even though they were wealthy and had access to whatever they wanted, wouldn't Kelly and her brother living alone in an NYC be a child protective services issue? I think it's not allowed, even though they're clearly not abused or neglected, i.e. without food or shelter. Um, and I believe we had, I think there was the back of, oh, and then she said, oh, scratch that, I just heard you say the brother is 18. Um, and then Heather, who is just like on top of it, um, when we were talking about like how far PC walked when he and Jesse got in the fight. Yeah. Um, wrote and said he walked 0.7 miles slash 15 minutes east to make the phone call. He was standing right near the monument so I knew exactly where he was and I have time to kill waiting to print my boarding pass for my flight tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Heather, for the yeah. boots on the ground on that one. Um, and then I wrote back to her and said, like, asked her what kind of crazy reality show vacation she was going on now because Heather goes on the best ones. Yeah. And she said not reality show related, just vacationing in Seattle. Um, uh, well, I'm proud of that too. Yeah. And then, uh, by the way, Heather, I need to know how you ever sleep. All she does is drink coffee. It's insane. If you follow Heather on social media, when she goes on these trips, she just drinks lattes all day. Like, I, I would never sleep again. 
It's amazing. You're um, really sensitive to caffeine, though. You never drink it, right? No, but still, I'm, I'm talking, like, Heather, like, tweet us and let us know how many lattes you yeah. drink a day. It's got to be at least five or six. Um, Chris M. wrote and said, um, I'm going to go ahead and put this on the list because there's no way this shit show will last more than one season, which is Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> um, totally watching and loving it. And for those of you guys who are watching Lohan Beach Club, um, I definitely recommend listening to SUP's um, spinoff podcast, which is... Sexy Unique Beach Club, I think. I mean, it's under the subheading. You can find like it that, that way. Yeah. Um, Lara Marie Shane Holes has been recapping it, and it is hilarious and amazing. And I don't think we could do it the same justice. No. That she's oh doing my god! It. Like it's so funny. Well, she's really obsessed with it, whereas I'm watching it almost like a slow-moving horror movie, like, through my fingers. She's all in. She's she all in. She loves it. Yeah, it's, I definitely recommend it. But I am watching it. Um, and then, our one of our all-time faves we haven't heard from a while, Sleazy T, Taylor, um, wrote us and said, One hit pod, oh my god, I'm so stoked to see NYC prep starting. Totally having my short break in between giving baby shots and diagnosing sinus infections and family medicine. Ha ha. Hashtag PA breaks. Hashtag love this pod. Um, and then she also wrote and said, also, one of my former co-workers when I was a publicist dated Jesse's brother. I wish I remembered the gossip. Maybe I'll find out. So I'm still waiting to hear back on that one. Good one. Well, that's a nice segue. Oh, we have one more. Okay. Um, and then Heather wrote us again and said, in case you want to see it, there's a celebrity wife swap episode with Heidi and Spencer playing on Lifetime January 31st at 1 p.m. I don't think I ever saw that one. I recorded it. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Um, and I retweeted it. Just she sent us on the 24th, so hopefully everyone saw that and was able to get it. And okay. that's it for Twitter. Nice. So I have a brief correction. So in our last episode, when I talked about PC starring in the movie 12, uh-huh. turns out 12 is based on a book. Okay. And it's not a correction. It's additional info that I just didn't bother to look up. And my friend Lauren let me know that 12 was a book and that she read it. Oh, okay. So it's by Nick McDonald. And this was the description. The chilling novel follows prep school dropout White Mike through the week before Christmas and New Year's 1999 as he takes a year off to deal an alluring new drug to his privileged peers on Manhattan's Upper East Side. But 12 is not a coming-of-age story because its kids never had a childhood. Their parents are off on holiday in Bali or business in Brussels, leaving hired help to look the other way as the kids stay home alone in their multi-million dollar townhouses, partying with drugs and sex, and in the end, much worse. Um, do I need to pick this for book club? Because it sounds amazing. I was thinking the same thing. So my friend Lauren alerted me to that. So there you go. That's what he started. Maybe we should watch it. Uh, Maybe we should. Yeah, I know. So the segue was to Bougie Bio number two, which is on one Jessica Leavitt. Oh, okay. Is her name. Leavitt? Leavitt. L-E-V-I-T? L-E-A-V-I-T-T. Leavitt. Okay. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And that's how she pronounces it? Or it's Levite. I don't know. Weird. But it, okay. it doesn't have an E on the end. I'm calling it Leave It. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm down. I think it's funny. So, interesting about the brother, I actually did find out who Jesse's parents are. Okay. And I have no idea why her father's face was blurred in that photo. She is the daughter of Alan and Susan Leavitt. He is the president of Lane Capital Partners, which is just an investment firm in commercial real estate. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know no. why his photo was blurred. But interestingly enough, an Ethan Leavitt is listed as one of their like associates or partners. So I think it's her brother who works for their dad now. Um, but you can 
once you know their names, you can Google search and see pictures of her, like, with her parents at, like, some event. Can you see the brother? I haven't... I didn't find the brother. Okay. Um, but I was surprised that it didn't take me that long to find out who her parents were. Some dedicated digging, and I figured it out. So... According to Wikipedia, Jessie graduated from the Dwight School, okay. is where she goes to school. And I'm she, assuming that's where PC went to then? Yes. They are the only two who go to the same school. Everyone else doesn't go to the same school at all. And she enrolled at the Fashion Institute of Technology in 2009. So, interestingly about the Dwight School, it was founded in 1872, and they are famous because they're the first school to offer the full international baccalaureate program, all the way from preschool through 12th grade. So, that's a big deal. And their international presence is this big, a big thing about the school they play up. A third of their students today are international. And they've got this whole global network, and they've got schools in London, and Shanghai, and Seoul, and Dubai. But the fun stuff... The notable alumni, Dana Barron, also known as Audrey from National Lampoon's Vacation. Really? Yes. Damon Dash, Lizzie Grubman, Paris Hilton, Casey Johnson, Fabrizio Moretti, and Nick Valencia of The Strokes, and Mark Vincent, a.k.a. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel came from money? Yeah. He's... That shocks me. Yeah. That was the... That's why I That's shocking. Last. Yeah. I always thought he was, like, a working-class, like, Me, dude. I thought he was Dom from Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Yeah. And Paris didn't graduate, right? I thought she did. Really? I'm guessing... They're, her parents probably just donated more money and was like, give her a fucking yeah, diploma. Yeah, I guess. Well, I'm sure that means Nikki must have gone there, too. She wasn't listed. Weird. Well, did Paris maybe go to New York and Nikki stayed in California? No, because when Paris was in high school was when Nikki was in high school, and that's where they were, like... New York City celebritons. And they were best friends with Casey Johnson, weren't they? I thought so. Maybe. I think must have just left Nikki off. Yeah, Nikki wasn't listed, but you're probably right. So... Because a lot of people don't remember, but Paris was big in New York. Yeah. It wasn't LA. Like, they were... Paris and Nikki were running around New York. That's true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... Jesse interned for a lot of fashion houses, and it's... What year was this filmed? 2009. Okay. So she had already interned for Cynthia... Well, it aired in 2009, so it was probably filmed 2008 to 2009. Okay. So she interned for Cynthia Rowley in 2008, and then she interned with Carmen Mark Valvo, which sounded familiar to me, and I meant to look that up. But... I feel like I'm having Kel on Earth flashbacks. That yes. may have been something from that. Yeah. Um, so she interned there from 2009 to 2012, and then she started an internship at Chanel in 2012. She got her associates from FIT in 2012, and then she finished her bachelor's in 2015. But ever since she was an... Whoa, whoa, whoa. She didn't finish her bachelor's until 2015? Yeah. Took her time. Yeah, apparently. Six years. Yeah. Yep. So ever since she started interning at Chanel in 2012, she has been there just in different roles the whole time, and she's still working at Chanel, and she is now the lead visual merchandiser for East Coast Retail and Wholesale. Which is a big deal. Yeah, and has been since 2015. So, and she goes by Jess now. Jess Leavitt. I mean, that means she started that position at 24. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. I mean... She had been an intern for three years 
and she was working on her degree and then when she finished it they're like we'll hire you i guess it's, that's why it's so unfair that like she someone like that can afford to work for free for three years exactly and, do that. and like anyone who can't do that doesn't have those advantages it's of course bullshit. yeah um, but I wasn't mad about the amount of information I found out given that she has zero social media. Presence. Yeah, no, I'm impressed because I like to, I, like I said, when I was trying to find her Twitter and stuff, like there was nothing. No. And you can find an old, old article of her right after the show started filming with her boyfriend in West Palm beach. His name was Blair Brandt. And That's he, on brand. Yeah. And he really made something of himself. He's like a big real estate developer now. And he had his own kind of NYC prep style show called... Um, shit. It was something about real estate. It was almost like a million dollar listing, but oh. it was on like TLC or something like that. Weird. Yeah. Hold on. Let me look it up because now I don't want to give false information. Um, Next Step Realty NYC. It was on ABC Family. Oh, never yeah. heard of it. Right. But... but he's quite handsome and successful, but he's married to someone else now. So I don't know who Jesse's beau is now. Oh, he's a very good looking dude. Yeah. So, that's who she dated when she was 18, and he was 22, but then clearly... So, right around this time. Yeah. Right, pretty much, like, right after the show stopped filming, I think. She... Because it's when she... You can see pictures of them at a Carmen Mark Valvo event when she was an intern, and he's there with her. Gotcha. Yeah. I love rating, like, old Getty images from parties and stuff. That's Uh one of my... That's one of my secrets, guys. You can see who was there and when. But that's it. Not bad. All right. So should we dig into the episode? Yes, please. Uh, so we start with PC and Jesse in, we don't know, is it PC's house? Jesse's house? I, I don't. I think it's PC's house. Um, they're all like, I couldn't even really pay attention to them because I was so taken aback by the very aggressive backsplash. In the kitchen? Yeah. Yeah. It was like the whole wall. Yeah. It was, I don't know. It was a lot. I really, really struggled with PC this episode. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out front. I almost want to say that Sebastian bothered me less than PC in this episode. And Whoa! Oh! Oh! Them's fighting words. I'm just saying, like, PC's pretty bad in this episode. <sighs> PC's bad, period. Yeah. He remains bad through the whole thing. Yeah. But, there, I don't know why, I mean, I, I guess I'm just being shallow, because I think he's a lot more attractive than Sebastian. But, like, there, for, there's still something underlying endearing about him for me. I think it's easier for me to laugh Sebastian off because I'm like, oh, God, he's just a tool. Whereas, like, PC, he really wants me to feel bad for him, and I don't. Oh, no, I don't feel bad for him at all. Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't feel bad for him at all. (laughs) But I... I don't know. Like, I don't want to punch him in the face as much as I want to punch Sebastian in the face. Like, I just want to slap PC around a little bit. But, like, (laughs) like Sebastian, I want to, like, hardcore just clock right in his fucking little nose. (laughs) It's a. I feel like it's going to be a toss-up for me sometimes, but I hear you on wanting to assault both of them. (laughs) (laughs) So they're sitting in the kitchen with the aggressive backsplash, drinking something out of a caribou coffee cup, R.I.P. And he's talking about, excuse me, yawn, how he went on a date with Kelly and she brought Camille and he felt like he was babysitting and how they have, the younger girls have a lot left to experience. In one year's difference, what has he experienced that they have not? Well, um, yeah, I mean, and see, that's the thing that doesn't make sense, because he was, because it was Camille and Kelly, right? Yeah. Because Camille is 
only a year younger than him. Now, Kelly is two, two years, years younger, so Fine. at least, I mean, when you're a teenager, I mean, he's 18, so he's an adult. I'll give him that. Um, what I found, I, I was finding Jesse's behavior more egregious than his in this conversation. Yeah. Like, her she, whole, like, I'm not your boyfriend. I don't I, care. I don't care. Like, I, I was like, first of all, lies. Like, you do you care. You care so much. You want him to be your boyfriend more than anything uh. in life. Um, the only thing that I found redeeming about Jesse in this conversation was at the end she at least admits that she's needy. Yes. She's like, I'm needy and I need your attention and I didn't like that you were paying attention. I mean, at least she's self-aware about that. Right. Because they keep coming back to the fact that when Jesse met Camille and Kelly, she was rude and bitchy. And he throws Camille and Kelly under the bus and says, like, well, they thought you were a bitch. And I basically said, well, you are. And so then there's this whole back and forth about whether or not Jesse's a bitch. And she ends up, like, kind of slapping PC across the face. Not kind of. She 100% does. So I want to know why he chucks a water bottle at her. Doesn't even hit her, really. Yeah. And she storms off in tears. And she slaps him across the face. And he just, like, laughs it off. Like, I don't get their dynamic sometimes. Well, and... I, Jessie is pretty insufferable in this episode as well, because she says she doesn't care what people think of her, and she swears up and down that she doesn't care what people think of her, and people can think she's a bitch, and she doesn't care, but it's like, he can't even say the word to you without you slapping him across the face. Yeah. I also liked at the end where she, was it she that said want to make out, or him? I don't know. I didn't hear that. I think it was her said want to make out, and then, like, he laughed it off, but I was like, obviously, like, she does want to make out with him. Or no, he said it, and she was like, no, and I'm like, you want nothing more out of life than to make out with him. Oh, God. (sighs) So then we go, I guess, downtown, and Taylor is with some of her public school friends. Val and Rena. Thank you. And they're going vintage shopping because tonight she has a date with Sebastian. And I liked that Taylor, like... I really liked Taylor this episode. Me too. She's like, my episode MVP. Yeah. And so I love that she didn't even, she didn't even call it vintage shopping. She was like, we're at a thrift store. Yeah. And she even said like Sebastian wouldn't be caught dead in a thrift store. No, Taylor's my MVP of this episode. We'll get into that more yeah. later. Um, so yeah, so she's trying on some thrifty uh, outfits for her date with Sebastian, which none of which I think she ended up buying and it was not what she wore on the date. So Well, and thank God because she didn't try on anything cute. You know, it's funny. I actually didn't mind if it was summer, the dress that had the, the map of the world dress. I don't know. I think it's for a summer like garden party or something. It would have been cute. Or to cover up a bathing suit. <laughs> well, I didn't like the weird like Courtney Love slip dress that they were all fawning over. Like yeah. the like the beige skin tone. Like that was pretty bad. Yeah. No. So then her girlfriends are asking her about Sebastian, and they say like. Well, he's not your usual type, and Taylor mentions that her ex-boyfriend, Cole, is still somewhat in the picture, and then they ask if- Colt. It's Cole. Oh, is it Cole? I thought it was Colt. No, you're getting confused with 90 Day Fiance. Oh, I sure am. (laughs) Colty. Colty. No, it's Cole. Um, And she jokes about how Sebastian makes more money- and or well, has they more ask money. her. Yeah, they say who has more money, and she's like, "Oh, Sebastian," which was gross. Like yeah. that was not on her part, but her friends. Yeah, and then they ask if she's gonna kiss him, or if he's gonna try and kiss her, or does she think he's too polite for that? And kudos to Taylor because she immediately laughs and she said, "Sebastian's not too polite for that." Yeah, that a girl, and she says it's kind of weird because I don't really know him, but we'll see what happens. She has a very good attitude about the date, and yeah, we'll get to it later. 
So then we get a scene of Kelly and Sebastian sitting on a bench down in Tribeca eating Magnolia Bakery cupcakes. Well, I love too because she keeps saying like Sebastian brought me cupcakes when in reality he brought her a cupcake. Yeah. Because there are two in the box and she goes to eat one and then discovers that the other one was actually supposed to be for him. No, no, no. It was a box of four and he said, you can have both. And she goes, oh, did you eat the other two? And he said, yeah. Oh, I thought she said, oh, did you want one? And he said, yeah. Because I think she opened the box and saw two and said, do you want one? And he said, no, I had the other two. Oh, I misheard then. Okay. I don't know. They're eating cupcakes and Kelly is so excited about the fact that he brought her these cupcakes and she explains that she has an obsession with cupcakes and she likes them more than cake and it's just the early 2000s cupcakes. I was gonna say it's very on brand for 2009. Yeah like no one cares. Magnolia Bakery is good I will agree but it get over it. And I finally realized during this um, segue who Sebastian reminds me of and why I hate him so much. Yes. He is the human embodiment of the Pepe the Frog meme. Like the racist Pepe the Frog meme. Okay. Here, I will look it up. Have you seen Pepe the Frog? I don't know. I'm sure you have. Here, Pepe the... I don't remember how it became a racist thing, but it is. Calling a French person a frog? No, 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 no. I'm saying like online, like like white supremacist. That's Pepe the Frog. Oh. You've never seen that before? No, I have. I don't know that I would have been able to name that, though. Yeah, well, that's what Sebastian reminds me of. Oh, okay. A hundred percent. He is a human Pepe the Frog. Okay. All right. Um, he earns only a slight bit of credit in this scene, not because of the cupcakes, but because he actually admits to Kelly, who it's pretty obvious she has feelings for him, dear God. And he says, well, I'm going on a date with Taylor tonight. I feel like a lot of teenage boys would lie about that. Or he's that stupid, he doesn't realize he should lie about that. Oh, I don't think it's either. I think that he is an unabashed player, and I think that for him, it's just like, yeah, I'm going on a date with Taylor. Like, if you don't like it, you don't like whatever. It probably is. And I think he gets off on these girls being like, oh. Yeah, getting all upset. Yeah. No, he's gross. But I was still surprised it came out of his mouth. I wasn't. Well, I haven't seen this before, so I wasn't sure if he was going to, like, play them both behind their backs or not, but... You know, he's an in-your-face. I mean, you yeah. saw him at the party. Like, he yeah. just, like, he'll just talk to a girl right in front of you. That's true, and he kind of did that in the first episode, too, with getting numbers. Yeah. But I still was... I don't know. He's very matter-of-fact and open about it, I guess. Because I think he's the kind of guy that likes the reaction. He yeah. likes the wah-wah on the other person's part when he says shit like that. Yeah. So, then, Kelly is also... Really bad at hiding her emotions, which I can't throw shade at. I am too. And she looks like she wants to cry. And he says, do you want to walk me down to the subway? And she says, no, I don't. Which I'm I'm good for her. Yeah, don't. And then the scene ends. And he mentions that he's bringing Taylor to a French place. Obviously. Uh, The other, this, that's actually, this episode should have been called French Restaurants. Yeah. Because we hear about them a lot. Yeah. So then our next scene is PC in therapy. With his therapist, Audrey. Yeah. And it's clear he 
I think the thing that drives me nuts about PC is that Bravo, it's not necessarily his fault. They've made him this sort of narrator figure where he explains what prep school life is. So he keeps saying things like, so prep school kids in New York City always blank, blank, blank. And I'm like, that's that's a blanket statement. That's not true. Say me and my friends, many of us do this, you know, but Bravo is making him do that. And I think it's making him even more annoying to me. Um, what, what I was very amused about in this therapy, <laughs> quote unquote, session. It's clearly their first meeting, too. Yeah. Well, because I can't remember who, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to. Maybe it was Bitch Sesh when they had, somebody had a therapist on, or Sup, or Babe, I don't know. I listen to too many podcasts. Um, where they had a therapist on who said that no actual therapist who's a good therapist would ever agree to be on TV it and do sup. this. It was SUP. Okay, yeah. With I that, think it was last season of SUP, though, because they were talking about, like, couples therapy or something. Yeah, that, that they would never, ever, ever in real life agree to do that. And, like, this was very, again, it was obviously the first time. But was making me has, laugh hysterically, and I'm he should be mortified, he kept saying all of these phrases incorrectly. Yeah. Like, first he says, I could care less, mm-hmm. which is, I couldn't care less. And then he says, drive me off the walls. Uh-huh. And it's drive me up the wall. It's not drive me off the walls. I've noticed he does that a lot, actually. I'm trying to think of another one he said. And it especially annoys me because I have a coworker at work who is a, a know-it-all and he's so annoying. And the other day I overheard him say, I, he was like, I went out for sushi and he's like, and I drank too much Suzuku or whatever the fuck he was talking about. And he goes, as I'm one to do. It's want to do. W-O-N-T, want to do. It's not I'm one to do. Like, that shit drives me insane. Yeah. And PC was like the MVP of it this episode. You need to watch the Ellen special because she says that she really goes out of her way not to judge people because she's the be kind girl because that's how she ended her last stand-up comedy special. And she goes, unless you're one of those people that uses the word library. (laughs) (laughs) So the other thing about PC and this therapist... Is I looked at Frank and I just said, like, he's so gay. Well, yeah, and he says, I just want to find someone to spend time with. And I wrote, a man. Yeah, he's wearing, like, a tuxedo jacket with a silk edge and a mint green, like, formal shirt to go to therapy. And I'm like, honey, you're gay. Well, and that, there's some, that comes up a little bit later. Yeah. I have some gay points later with his, when he talks to somebody else. So he says he likes control and is impatient and blah, blah, blah. And we need to talk about the fact that PC used to be a hockey player. I was dying because I was like, you stop playing hockey because you're 5'2". Yeah. He says, (laughs) he says he gave up hockey because he wasn't the best at it and he couldn't stand not being the best. And I realized that I am from New England and our hockey players were like, you know, Pretty much as tough as they come. So to watch this kid in his mint green shirt talk about his hockey career, it was tough. The only sport I could see him believably being good at would be, like, wrestling. Because wrestlers are usually smaller. Yeah. Or, like, one of the rich person sports, like polo or equestrian or... I feel like he's too short for even that. Maybe he could be a jockey. (laughs) Or, like, fencing. Yeah. Smaller target. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so then we go to the French restaurant, Cirque Rouge, and Sebastian and Taylor are on their date, and he's showing off his French, and my girl Taylor keeps right up with him. 
I, I was actually impressed with her French skills. I was too, and that's why she's the MVP of this episode. Taylor has more game than I expected she would have. Yeah. He's not, he's asking all the questions, but she has clever responses. She's smiling at him. She's not like agreeing with everything he says. And when he says like, do you speak any languages? She answers back in French. It's not as good as his, but I was like, get it girl. Yes. Um, she's a vegan. Which I was annoyed for her, for her when she was like, I'm a vegan. And then he was like, oh, she's a vegetarian to yeah. the waiter. And I'm like, you're going to give her cheese or something that she can't eat. But so then she has to get the house salad with no dressing. Well, the new dressing was her choice. Like, I'm sure that they have oil and vinegar or something that wouldn't have an animal product. So in I'm it. guessing she just had like some mixed greens with like shredded carrots on top, and yeah. that's it. And he orders the steak frites in front of her, even though she said she's vegan. But whatever. and I and I'm sure the frites were probably fried in like animal fat, so she probably couldn't even have those. Probably. Um, but he also asks her semi-decent first date questions. But my favorite one is, "What books are you reading?" I like that she didn't ask him back, and I'm curious what that answer would have been. But she's reading that one of those books, like, 101 Philosophers You Should Know, or whatever, and then she says she wants to be a philosopher when she grows up. Yeah. And he says, how do philosophers make money? Which is actually a valid question. Yeah, I actually did agree with that. But yeah. I have a friend who became a, ph- a philosophy professor, so I guess you yeah. become a professor, you write a book. No, and Taylor says, well, I guess you write books. Yeah. And he was like... Oh, cool. And they have a decent chemistry. Like, it's a sweet date. And then they walk each other out of the restaurant, and they have a a perfectly normal, like, teenage kiss outside the restaurant before they part ways. Yeah. It wasn't... It didn't make my stomach turn, like, his last date, where we had to watch him speak French. So, there you go. So then we're back with PC at a restaurant called Matsuri. And he's having dinner? Drinks? Uh, drinks with his ex, Amanda, who's 19. And we need to talk about her voice. Oh, God. Um, she full-on has the, like... She's trying to have the, like, Paris Hilton baby voice. And I was gonna say it's, like, an early Kardashian, but it's with helium involved. Yeah. It's really it's, bad. It's bad. <laughs> um, but this is what's the other gay thing, is that she says... And I can't remember if she says it to him or if she says it in, like, a little one-on-one, but she says that PC needs to get more comfortable with himself. Yeah. And I was like, which means become gay. Like, just admit that he's gay. Or bi, but gay. Yeah. Definitely. And he asks her, like, what he did wrong in their relationship in a way that just gave me secondhand embarrassment. And she says, I don't want to get into that. Yeah. It's the whole thing's really weird. He's on some like soul searching journey, or so they're trying to make it seem in the episode. I really wanted her to say like you sucked my brother's dick. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that's what you did wrong. <laughs> I walked in on you blowing my brother. But I also like just don't give a shit. Like he's trying to get back out there. He's so upset that the supposed date with Kelly didn't go well, and now he's going to therapy and he's talking to his ex girlfriend. I just don't give a single shit. That's because he's really trying hard to push this. Like I'm an evolving person narrative. As PC would say, I could care less. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did think it was funny that he hates straws. We learned PC hates straws. Yeah. Um, And how ahead of his time. Yeah, Like, now that straws are banned in Washington, D.C. Like, he was 10 years ahead. Yep. So then we go to Blue and Cream, yet again, Jesse's favorite store, I guess. And... And we need to have a drinking game where we drink every time she says Operation Smile. 
I cannot wait for our 100th episode. We're going to have so many drinking games. We're going to play NYC Prep Bingo. It's going to be so How good. many more do we have? Um, that's a great question. I can check. This might be 95 or 96. We're oh, close. bummer. It would have been awesome if the next one was 100. I know. But, well, we can also just play a drinking game next recording session. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. <laughs> So we're at Blue and Cream, long story short, and um, did yes, you understand? This is, this is episode ninety six. Okay, did you understand any of this? Like, I, I, I felt like Jesse was supposed to be going to pull clothes for this Operation Smile fashion show, one hundred percent. And PC was supposed to be coming to help her pull the men's clothes. Yes, I did not see any clothes pulled. No, she did left you? with an outfit for herself. Yeah, in a garment bag. So she's... She did say it was for a charity fashion show. So what they may have been... I did see the two sales associates putting clothes on a rack. So that may have been like, these are going to a fashion show on Saturday, and they put them on a rack. Because it was so... I mean, so she, for those of you who haven't seen the episode, she shows up at Blue and Cream. PC is over 45 minutes late. The whole episode is pretty much her just like bemoaning the fact that PC is late and like one of the sales associates pipes in and is like, Oh, is he coming? What's going on? But I would have thought she would have spent that time pulling the women's clothes. And then when she's done with that, start on the men's clothes, like pull some things. And then PC could get there and go, Oh, I like that. I don't like this, whatever. But then he shows up and he does nothing. Yeah. Like he tries on a shirt and then she gets annoyed and leaves. Yeah, I, I, it made no sense to me. Although, if she were having things pulled for a fashion show, she wouldn't bring them all home with her. No, no, no. I didn't want her bringing them home, but not once did we see either of them going, this would be great for the show. Yeah. Oh, I like this. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not, like, it, 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 it made no sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, this scene was another gem of PCs. God, no wonder I was so fucking annoyed. We see him take a walk with his friend Sarah. Who's 25. 25. I can't... When I was 25, if someone had said, like, do you even know an 18-year-old? I'd be like, my friend's baby sister or something? Like, I don't I don't know that I knew one, like, a And like, for socially. someone who is so ready to call someone a year younger than him a baby... Yeah. I don't know. I'm wondering if they're family friends. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing that made sense So she's today. almost like a cousin or something. Yeah. I don't know. So they're walking around and he says he's ready to meet someone. And this is where the producers feed him another one. And he says, you know, in the New York City prep school scene, it's just all about casual sex. Which gets repeated multiple times by him throughout the episode. He says in the New York City prep school scene four times in this episode. It, it, I hate it. What so, makes me really laugh, though, is that he's so, like, in the episode, poo-poos the the clickiness and the shallowness and the this and that and the other of the prep school scene. Yeah. When he's about to go into the gay scene, same. Yeah. <laughs> like, out of the frying pan into the fryer, dude. Like, I don't... I mean... Wait, do... Are, is there casual sex involved in being gay? A little bit. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. But I mean, gay guys that are that age are as bad, if not worse, than these prep school kids. So I, like, I was like, hey, PC, that's what you're headed for. So I buckle up, buttercup. So then he says that he wants something, quote, more tasteful than that. Mm -hmm. And then he says, you know, like, I don't want to just meet a girl with a nice rack. And I had a frank moment. I was like, no, you want to meet someone with a huge bulge. Yeah. I, yeah. It, uh... yeah. 
Okay, so then we go to Juvenex Spa. Uh-huh. And Kelly and Camille are... It looks like they're getting facials, but then they just sit with masks on in this weird pool that is five feet from reception. I had so many problems with this. From <laughs> it, would, it would be like if your waiting area standpoint. had a hot tub and I sat in it. Well, I mean, I believe they were at, I think Juvenix is probably like a Korean spa. Yeah. Like the, you know, like spa world where mm. you just spend the day there and you do the pools and you do whatever. My issue was, and I'm also guessing that that was the end of the facial and then the mask was being applied at the end. Yeah. But Kelly is talking while this poor woman is trying to apply her mask. Shut your fucking mouth. Like, just don't move your mouth when someone's applying a mask to your face. Also, public service announcement to all of you, when you go to the hair salon, your head is attached to your hair. So if you are moving your head around when someone is trying to cut your hair, you're not getting a good haircut. Period. End of story. And if you want to envision it at your workplace, try writing on a piece of paper while someone's trying to move it around. Because that's what it's akin to. And that's all I could think of when she was trying to apply the mask and Kelly won't shut her fucking mouth. Yeah. And then they get in the pool and they're like wiping it off. I know. I don't get it. It was weird. The whole spa part was weird. It's the whole thing. This was, this was a weird one. And so Kelly is really upset about the fact that Sebastian went on a date with Taylor and she's almost doing what Jesse does where she's like, well, it doesn't bother me. It's like, really? Cause you look like you're going to fucking cry every time you talk about it. Yeah. And so then she decides to call Sebastian and pretend like she's invested in how it went. And really she's digging for gossip and it's making her really sad. And he says that he got to know Taylor quote, kind of a lot better. <laughs> As someone who says kind of all the time that hurts. <laughs> and I, I wonder if I've if I've said that and then Kelly like through her almost teared up masked face says is it gonna go any further and he's like yeah I think so I also have lost any and all respect for Sebastian's game skills because we've now come to realize that his version of hooking up is a single kiss. I know. Like, did he... I bet... He, I thought he meant fucking. Like, yeah. when he was talking yeah. in the last episode, I was like, oh, he's bang... No. Single kiss. Yeah. Between two and twelve girls a month. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... My husband was so confused by that, by the way. <laughs> I just said, would you consider between two and twelve girls an accomplishment? And he was just like, wait, what? Huh? Like, where'd those numbers come from? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, you just proved my point. So then we go downtown with Jesse to Zoe's loft. Zoe 17. Yeah. And clearly her family just lives downtown in like a cool loft with like an old elevator. And that's just a whole new world for Jesse. Um, and Jesse's wearing, I think, the most unflattering outfit I've ever seen her in. Which one? It was like not quite low rise tight jeans with like a blousey Oxford and suspenders. Oh God. Yes. 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 Okay. The yeah. It was were, not flattering. It was like a baggy t-shirt with suspenders. Oh, was it a t-shirt? I thought it was an Oxford. I don't know. Either way. Either way. It was tucked it was, in. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it, it was, was it was bad. Cause I was actually surprised. I like her outfit at the party later. Yeah. So 
Anyway, they bonded over their love of fashion and we helped Jessie pick out her outfit for her 18th birthday party. And can we talk about the fact that her friend Zoe, who's supposedly so into fashion's signature look is headbands with Lego bows. Yeah. And later when she comes out in her party outfit, she makes the joke that she could pass for a Jewish mother. And I'm like, then maybe you should turn around and change your clothes. Also, I've decided she's like the poor man's Bobo version of Michelle Collins. Michelle Collins does some of the after shows on um, 90 Day Fiance. She's really funny. Oh, and she's oh. actually very pretty. Yo. Um, okay. But yeah, like this girl is like the Bobo version of her. Yeah. Um, although I like Zoe's attitude. And it's, it is nice to see like a downtown kid, I guess, as opposed to all these Upper East Side kids. I just get annoyed when people, I don't know, the whole, that's Michelle Collins. Oh, yep. Um, I just get annoyed when people... I feel like she's confusing fashion with labels. Like, yes. she's a label whore. Okay. She's not a fashionista. So my friend and I had this conversation the other day because of Real Housewives of Atlanta and Marlo. Oh, yeah, Marlo's a label whore. Not and, a fashionista. No, and she's so mean about it to other people. Actually, not just Marlo, but Tanya, that new girl, she's a label whore too. Right. Like, it's 2019. Fashion can come from any store. It's how you wear it. Yeah. Like, and it's a personally defined thing. Some people really like to take risks. Some people don't. Like, I hate when people are judgy about it. It's really, really dumb. Yeah. Agreed. Like, I feel like the thing I'm judgmental about with clothes is when people wear things that are unflattering on them. Because I think that everybody can be dressed really well. Yeah. And, like, I don't like when people just, like, wear things that don't make them look flattering. But Marlo is just a bitch about it, and I can't stand it. Yeah. It's dumb. Agreed. So, long story short, they're getting ready for this. What we find out later, for some reason, I don't know why they didn't tell us here, is Zoe's 18th birthday party. And then we go to Intermix, speaking of expensive fashion, God, and Camille... Does Intermix still exist? I think the one in Georgetown still does. Oh, wait, I thought it closed. It's still there? I don't know. Oh, all right, maybe. Um, And Camille and Kelly are shopping, and they invite Taylor to basically come over and watch them try on clothes. And be grilled. And get grilled about her date with Sebastian. And Taylor even admits like the clothes in the store are not worth their price tag. I was living for it. She was like $500 for a skirt. She's like, I can get that at Target. Yeah. And then she said like, or I could just buy a green shirt and paint a flower on it myself. Yeah. I was, that's why I was like, Taylor, yeah. you, I love you. Yes. So they are grilling her about her date with Sebastian in a way that's really it's uncomfortable and you can tell that Taylor feels uncomfortable, but she also wants to humble brag. So she can't decide whether she wants to play coy and not answer their questions or whether she wants to like stick it to Kelly and be like, no, we hooked up. And that's what she ends up saying. She said, we hooked up. Which is, I'm like, like you kissed, like he didn't finger blast you under the table. Like you (laughs) kissed, you had one kiss without even tongue. How was that hook up? Yeah. I mean, maybe they used to kiss my grandmother. Well, so I wonder, give me a break. (laughs) I wondered if they went somewhere else. I was like, did they go back to the No, because they went their separate ways. Because he yeah. didn't, that was the other thing I forgot to say earlier. He didn't even walk her home. Yeah. He should have walked her home. Yeah. Like, that's bullshit. Yeah. But, like, when she said hooked up, I was like, damn, what did they do? And then I realized that's what they meant. But, whatever. So, then they invite her to come to Zoe's party that they're all invited to. And then once Taylor leaves intermix, they also invite Sebastian and they think they're cooking up this really big plot because Kelly wants to see how they interact together. 
Newsflash, Kelly, no you don't. It's going to make you cry. Well, and I'm really surprised that no one yet, and maybe this happens later in the season, I can't remember, um, hasn't done that thing that, like, when I was in high school, people used to do when three-way calling became a thing, where, like, you call someone like and the other mean person's girls. sitting... Like, Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. like Mean Girls. Like, I'm shocked that hasn't happened yet, because I feel like they're leading up to it. Yeah. So, then we get another PC scene. He's and, at Clay, and the name of the gym. This is the third statement of the episode where he says, prep school kids in New York City really like to keep in good shape. I also hate his trainer because her name is Alex, but she spells it A-L-I-X. Yeah. Um, also, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think PC is in that great of shape. He's not in bad shape, but like... Oh, I think for an 18-year-old. I would say he's like normal, though. He doesn't look like he has a personal trainer to me. Oh, I think so. All right. I'm just saying... I wouldn't strike... This group doesn't strike me I mean, me. if it's you like, compare him to Sebastian, who's just, like, all gangly and no muscle tone whatsoever. I mean, think about the other guys we've seen in this episode. Do we see them go to the beach? I, I'm curious to see this. No. Because yeah. it's winter. But they go to Palm Beach at some point, don't they? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. But anyway, no, I think PC's got, like, a cute little body. I'm not calling him chubby or anything, but, like, the likes to be in shape thing was a bit much. And the the prep school kids in New York City. And then he tells his trainer about his blind date. He has a blind date. And yet again, he's ready to date and change his patterns and, like, woe is PC. Yeah. Yeah. So then Sebastian goes shoe shopping. At Trey Alfie. Yeah. With his friend Max, who is 15. Max looked 15. Yeah. He looked really young. And he tries on a pair of, like... Nike high tops. Nike Raptor 7s. Thank you. And they're $325. That tracks. Yeah. And they joke about how he's becoming a one-woman man. Yeah. And he says, not until I'm 60. So. (laughs) Then Jesse calls PC while she's still at Zoe's loft. And he tells her that he's on his way to a blind date. And she's like, oh, that's great. I love you. Call me after. Well, and then proceeds to, like, be bitchy again. I mean, just to no one. Like, oh, I don't need to be nervous for him. He's a grown man. Like, whatever. Yeah. And then this is where Zoe comes out in her outfit and kind of does a little dance and says that she looks like a Jewish mother. I don't don't get it. I don't get how that's fashionable. I don't get that's how you wear to your 18th birthday party. And they're on their way to the birthday party and they're making jokes about people from New Jersey. And... (laughs) Then Jesse says it to the camera, so something about Zoe's parties at this cool downtown club and like loft, loft, and there's a dungeon in the back. Yeah, <laughs> super cool. Um, and there's always a party in New York City. You just have to know where it is or something. Camille says that. Yes, Camille. I was gonna say it's Camille. Camille walks into the party all times of the day or night. She says yes, of course. Yeah. Camille walks into the party, and I love her outfit. I love her outfit. I thought all the girls looked cute. Yeah. So Camille's wearing, like, a black pencil skirt. I think it was the one she tried on at Intermix. And what looks like, it's like a red wine-colored halter top with sort of like a little mock neck frilled, and then it's open in the back. So she's got this, like, sexy librarian thing happening going. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And even Jesse does not look bad. 
No, I thought that Jessie looked good. She's wearing kind of like a kimono style shirt with like a long black pant, but like a sparkly belt at the right. She still needs to fix her hair, but yeah, her outfit looked good. Yeah, not bad. Um, and then Jessie again brings up the fact that they called her a bitch and she really doesn't want to talk to them. Well, and what I think is so annoying about this is that she actually not even here, but earlier when she was talking to Zoe in the loft, she is talking about how these girls called her a bitch and then defending herself by acting like a bitch. I know. Like it's, it makes no sense. Yeah. It's like vintage Stassi. Yeah, it is like, and she's just like, well, I don't have time for people. And I don't know. And I'm like, you are describing a bitchy behavior. And trying to claim that you're not a bit, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So then Sebastian shows up to this party, and Kelly gives him a big hug. And he just said, like, it was nice to get a hug from Kelly, but I'm really not into her right now. (laughs) Ouch. And then he sits down next to... Lizzie. Lizzie, but who was... Lizzie is a friend of who? I thought Kelly. Yeah. And he gets Lizzie's number instantly in front of Kelly. Yeah. And she immediately looks teary-eyed. And that's what I mean about him, like, saying, like, I'm going to dinner with Taylor. Like, he does not give a fuck. No. Like, he's very open about his player-ness. Yeah. So while we're finishing up the party, we're getting scenes of PC at his blind date. So PC sits at a table by himself, a table for two. And they wouldn't tell... It didn't say the name of the restaurant. It's just somewhere on Park Avenue. Or at least they flashed to the Park Avenue street It's sign. a big restaurant, though. I know. It looks cool. I kind of want to go. But it, it was, like, massive. I feel like it shouldn't be that hard to look it up. Maybe I'll try. Um, and the waiter offers him the wine list. And I wanted to talk about this. Because yeah. you mentioned it when we were watching. And I said I wanted to talk about it on the episode. Yeah. So, when I was in high school, um, one of the best tricks that my friends and I would use to be served alcohol is if you go to an expensive restaurant, they don't care. Like they just assume that if you can afford to be there, that you're 21. That's true. Um, so we used to go, actually now I'm, I'm making fun of all their French restaurants, but it was all French restaurants, but we used to go to like Maison Blanc or Lanisois and they just never said boo. And we just like get wasted. Okay. Fair enough. Like, it's unlike going to like a TGI Fridays or something, they'd be like, where's your ID? Like, they just, I guess they assumed if you were going to drop $100 on dinner that you were old enough. Well, and New York is just a lot more relaxed about it in general than DC is. Like, I don't think anymore. Maybe not. I think these days everywhere is like hardcore. Yeah. Like, they do not fuck around. But like, I'm 35 years old and I get carded in DC. And I feel like the first time I went to New York, like, I don't think I showed my ID to anybody. But I think they still, if you look young, I mean, I think if you look under 25, that you're getting carded. Yeah. Um, so then we go back to the party and Taylor shows up and Kelly immediately wants to leave after she sees Taylor and Sebastian's chemistry. Like they're sitting next to each other. Did she leave before Cole? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then we briefly cut back to PC's dinner and he calls Jesse and lets her know that his date is 40 minutes late. And he leaves this long voicemail about how he really tried to open himself up to something different. And now it's just not even working out. Um, and can we just talk about how, although he could probably just play it off like he was filming a movie or something, but how mortifying it would be to be stood up with a full camera crew in a restaurant. I mean, like, that's pretty like, yeah, I've been stood up. Didn't feel good. I mean, I have too, but like not, and I don't understand why he wasn't stalker calling the friend who set them up to be like, what the fuck? Where is this girl? Like I've been waiting for 40 minutes. I'm amazed he gave it 40 minutes. 
Or he didn't, like... Well, to be fair, he's 45 minutes late to everything, so maybe he thought, like, she was just running late. That's true. Or maybe, like, I'm surprised he didn't say, like, actually, can I, like, just sit at the bar and then I'll come back to my table when my date gets here or something? But he just sits there. Yeah. Presumably. Um, so then we go back to the party downtown and Cole, Taylor's ex-boyfriend, shows up. Who's way hotter than Sebastian. Yeah, he's cute. Yeah. And Sebastian is immediately joking that he's not threatened. Lies. And calls him an old man? Yeah, he says... Ugly old man. No, he says he looks like a 30-year-old man. Um, is that bad? I, I guess if you're Sebastian it is, if you're Pepe the Frog. <laughs> um, oh no. No, 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 Kelly did already leave. Um, so then eventually, like, there's some dancing involved and whatever, and then Sebastian looks at Taylor in front of Camille and says, we're leaving, just me and her. All right, little lecherous, yikes. But then as they're walking down the street and they're leaving the party, he makes a joke about Cole and says, I will admit I'm a bit jealous. Which is fine that he can do that, but I was very annoyed with the fact that he can talk to a million girls, get all the fucking numbers he wants, and she talks to this dude for like five seconds and he's like... He's like, oh, and gets up and goes and gets 18 other girls' numbers in the engine. I mean, like, fuck you, dude. Well, so the weird thing is, I found it genuine when he gave Kelly cupcakes and said, like, well, I'm going on a date with Taylor tonight, which is a crack of shit. I shouldn't have found that genuine. But this, I was like, this is all part of his game. Yeah. Like, he wants her to think that he was jealous. Yeah, oh, how sensitive. Yeah, exactly. I was like, this is bullshit. So now I know it's just all bullshit, and I won't believe anything he says. So he says that they should hang out tomorrow. And they have another nice kiss before they part ways. Yeah. That's the end of the episode. Um, And then we get, it's really weird. We got scenes from the next, but it cut off like halfway through the scenes for some reason. Thank you, Amazon. Um, So we got to see, we're going to get to see a little Cole and Taylor drama. Um, It looks like they might be getting back together or he's giving her some ultimatums. Yep. Um, And then Kelly experiences a death and I can't remember if it was a pet or a grandmother. It's weird. It doesn't look like a pet cemetery in the brief shot we got of it. But, like, no one was there. No, and, like, she was surprisingly cavalier about it. She's too. like, I didn't want her to die. Yeah. I, so, I don't know. Yeah. I can't. We'll I honestly can't remember, but yeah. someone dies. Yep, we'll find um, out. And we have committed to recording every two weeks, so we'll be releasing every two weeks. The only reason we're a week behind um, this time is because I had to have my apartment painted and I had to be here for the painters. Um, But from now on, unless one of us is out of town, we're going to commit to every two weeks on Saturday. So we should be coming to you twice a month. I really want to stick with our resolution. Yeah, no, no, I think it's perfect. Yep. All right, see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymarebe at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>